the sound hadith the holy prophet وسلم, is asked by a man who says what is your view what's your opinion if i pray the obligatory prayers and i fast in ramadan and i observe the halal and i observe and avoid the haram i keep the halal and the haram what is permitted and what is impermissible shall i enter the garden and he says yes this is one of those hadiths in which he وسلم, is dealing with people who often seem to be interrupting him. There's quite a lot of this. People who are looking for the minimum, and let's face it, we all like an easy life. People want to know what's the least they can do to get this great piece of merchandise called paradise. Sometimes we think that in engagement in our mu'amala with the Lord of the Worlds, it's a bit like haggling in the bazaar. You try and get the best goods for the lowest price. That's human nature. But this world is not a shop in the bazaar. And this is not something that you can calculate. You can never say, oh, maybe if I do another 10 rakas every day, that will push me over the line and I will be saved and I will go to paradise because it's not a matter of quantity, but a matter of quality. So the Holy Prophet says, if you see somebody, It's another sound hadith. Holy Prophet says, if you see somebody who's saying la ilaha illallah with yaqeen in his heart, give him the good news of the garden. So here something else is introduced, is it not? The yaqeen. It's fairly obvious that religion is not a mechanical business, like making a payment. It is not that kind of transaction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking at the quality of our hearts and at the reasons for our deeds. It's the first hadith in Bukhari, is it not? Actions are by intentions. And every man shall be credited only with that which he intends. So there it looks very unlike the usual scenario in a shop in the bazaar or in the supermarket, because intentions matter. Why do you aspire to this? What is the spirit in which you are making this sacrifice? It is a matter of the heart. And here in the sound hadith, the Holy Prophet refers it to the yaqeen, the certainty. And this is evident. Just a moment's thought will help us realize that I could teach my parrot to say, La ilaha illallah. That doesn't mean the parrot is going to heaven, according to this hadith. The parrot doesn't know the meaning of La ilaha illallah. But all of its being is saying, La ilaha illallah, but in its lisan al-hal, in its mute eloquence, according to the tasbih, which is its complying to its, the way in which it is made. I could teach a robot. I could teach some kind of AI synthetic voice on my computer to say, La ilaha illallah, and it's designed to be an easy thing to say. Hmm. Not many vowels, very few consonants, Allah has made this khafifa ala lisan, light upon the tongue, but thaqila fil mizan, 
heavy in the scales. So my computer could possibly say la ilaha illallah and recite Allah's book with better tajweed than I could, but that wouldn't mean that my iMac is going to heaven. Evidently, this is not what the hadith is telling us. I could write the script for a film and the character, who knows, Niam Leeson maybe, says la ilaha illallah as acting a part, but that doesn't mean that he's going to heaven. What matters is what the heart is saying. And this is what he's telling us, alayhi salatu wasalam. This is a religion that takes us from what is outside to what is within. Because what is within is our real humanity. That's what we are. What is real and distinctive and unique and dangerous about the human condition is that we can make choices. SubhanAllah. <laughs> One of the mysteries, and when you think about it, the universe is nothing but impossible mysteries. Why does anything exist? Very surprising. Why does order exist? Why are there physical constants? The force of gravity, the speed of light, another strange unlikeliness. Why is it that life exists? What is life? They don't even have a definition for that. How is it that there is so much beauty in the world? That's another mystery. But the biggest mystery of all is that we can ask these questions. The Ruh, uh, the companions, asked the Holy Prophet وسلم, who had the knowledge of the early and the late, com late coming folk, the one who had seen Gabriel, uh, the one who had gone beyond the maqam of Qaba Qawsayn, Sahib al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, the one who is given so much and he is told to say The spirit is from the command of my Lord and of knowledge you've been given very little. Sadaqa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sadaqa Allahu al-Azim that's the truth of our situation. We inhabit this world of mystery upon mystery upon mystery. The mystery of our lives, the mystery of every moment, everything is a puzzle. But the greatest puzzle is that we can see that it's a puzzle. The parrot can't, the computer can't, the biggest computer ever made can't think about such things. And in this heart of ours, there is this capacity to choose, which is divinely given. We have given him or shown him, guided him to the two roads. We can go up and we can go down. Now, an animal can't really do either of those things. It can only go along, horizontally. That is its nature. It follows its fitra, its jibilla, and it can never do anything other than that. A duck will always do duck things. A dog will always behave like a dog. There is no real choice. There is nothing like our mystery of consciousness. There doesn't seem to be this mystery of the ruh that can actively choose. But of all of the immensities of the heavens and the earth, life only seemed to exist on this planet. They scratch around on Mars looking for one micro, but they found nothing at all. But on this planet, subhanAllah, so much 
an endless cornucopia of beautiful things. From the smallest to the greatest, millions upon millions of species, plants, animals, and then human beings. Benny Adam, apparently not the strongest. We don't live the longest. We can't breathe underwater. We can't fly so many things that other animals do better than we are. But we do have this capacity to choose, to see what is right, to see what is wrong, and to do so in the highest way for Rabbul Alameen. Because the knowledge of right and wrong comes not from some philosophy textbook, and certainly doesn't come out of the dumb stuff of matter, but comes from the fitra, and the fact that once upon a time we were saying, Bala Shahidna, in the presence of the Lord of the Worlds. And when we go for the path that takes us up, we know that it's right, even though it's steep and we sweat and we complain, because it leads us up back to Rabbul Alameen, to the one to whom we bore witness. And when we go down, we know that we are going down away from that, towards the turbulences, the false pleasures, the tricks and the snares of the shaitan and the iblis within, which is always a delusion. Ask any addict. Ask anybody who has problems with a particular pleasure, a secret vice. Uh, it's not really a pleasure, it's a trap. And what is down there, there is always something lower. Because the shaitan promises you only uh, misguidance, a trap, beguilement. Looks good, gives you that quick endorphin rush, but it takes you to a dark place where you feel sick. And this is the experience of human beings, saints and sinners down the ages, that what Allah calls us to is a steep path, but it is the path of ibadah, and obudiyya that restores our authenticity. These are the great and beautiful and spiritually charged 10 days, al-ayam al-ashr, which the Holy Prophet والسلام, in a hadith describes as the best days. And he used to fast the first nine days, and inshallah the fast of Arafah, which is coming up inshallah for us on Monday, is a day when we will make the intention to fast. So it's a time when, as our year comes to the end, we make an extra effort. The finishing line is ahead, and we go a little bit faster. And we know that this means something. This is not about kicking a ball around, however halal it might be to look at that, uh, and winning or losing and then going back next year, but nothing really is achieved. Uh, this is about going up and then up again, the real journey, which is the journey within. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this extraordinary good news because his way seems steep, but it's full of mercy. Just as the way down seems pleasurable, but it's dangerous and fiery and takes us to our worst possibilities. Uh, the dungeon in the depths of the sewers of our soul is where it always leads. So we go up and we are told that if you say, La ilaha illallah, you will enter the garden. And as we've seen, it must be with the yaqeen. But it must also be with those actions that show that you mean it, 
One of the early Muslims, Wahb ibn Munabbi, said, yes, indeed, la ilaha illallah miftahul jannah. La ilaha illallah is the key to the garden. Wama min miftahin illa walahu asnan. But every key has teeth, serrations. Even in ancient times, a key was not just a block of wood, but it had bumps in it that allowed you to open some doors and not others. فَإِذَا جِئْتَ بِمِفْتَاحٍ لَهُ أَسْنَانٍ يُفْتَحُ If you have the key that has the right teeth, then the gate will open. We can see that immediately. We return home from a long, tiring journey. Late at night, the children are crying. We have our suitcases. We bring out the key and we hope that it will open the door to our homes. If it doesn't, then it's uh, the great misfortune. So when we approach the key to paradise and we take it and we approach the door, let's make sure that those keys are properly maintained, that we have the right key. And what is the shape of those teeth on the key that says La ilaha illallah? The daily prayers must be there. The fast of Ramadan must be there. The Hajj once in a lifetime must be there. The Zakat must be there. Every Muslim knows this. So the key, for sure. And every one of us, as well as the big and probably unnecessarily big and heavy bunch of keys that we have in our pockets, symbolizing all of the stuff that we own and that we do, uh, as well as that, we need this other key that is made of light, that is kept in the heart, that we cannot leave somewhere by mistake, but that stays with us in the darkest prison, even in the grave, luminous always, la ilaha illallah. But let's make sure, and as the year comes to an end, and as we pray for those hajjis who are blessed this year, not so many, but they're there in those extraordinary places as they contemplate the reality of la ilaha illallah, whose great symbol on earth is the Kaaba, the symbol of the divine unknowable eternity, as they see it with their own eyes, they recognize that we are here for worship, not here to play around. Those other keys in our pocket may be for perfectly halal things, even necessary things, but we're not going to take that bunch of keys with us when we leave, as leave we must. But this other key, let's keep that bright and shining. And let's think as the year comes to an end, even if we're not standing there in that great place of shedding tears, the plain of Arafat, where so many miracles of soul changing take place, let's think, how is the state of this key? La ilaha illallah, will it fit the lock? Will it turn? What are my chances? Or will I be left outside simply because I had better things to do, or I was lazy, or I didn't think, or I ran away, or I found the slope that goes down? Ah, let us not be Muslims in that situation. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us careful and uncompromising, meticulous performance of all of our obligations. That he helps us to love the prayer and the fast and the hajj and uh, uh, the zakat and loves to keep his boundaries and abhors violating his boundaries and abhors the haram. If we're in that state, Everything will be easy for us. So we ask for that mahabba, which is part of the mahabba of the beloved, the transcendent loved one who gave us 
these beautiful steps in the upward path so long ago. And let us not forget at this time also to bless the Chosen One, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who risked life and limb and fortune and everything in order to put that key into the hands of everybody who's here and more than a billion people on earth today. Uh, he made those sacrifices for this ummah. So let us bless him and say, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik alayh and never forget to offer these blessings for him because what he has given us is greater than any blessing that we could really conceive. So may Allah make these blessed days for us and accept our fasting and accept the wuquf and the tawaf and the sa'i and the udhiyah of all those who are present in Mecca and give us the intention to be there, inshallah, maybe next year, maybe in some future year before the ground closes above our heads and we are left alone considering the key that we have with us in the grave. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين إنه هو الغفور الرحيم